You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. Um, don't have any new callers, so we're going to start, I think, with Joyce. I don't know if we played this one already. I don't believe we did. If we did, then we're going to hear it twice because it's just that good. Hi, this is Joyce from West Dallas. Hey. I'm Milwaukee. Dirty Stallis. Uh, love. The ukulele. Right? More of that. More of that. That is so cool. Yeah. Go pack, go. See? I wasn't the only one. The people love it. But seriously, let's not make a, let's not make a super big habit. Joyce wants at least one more serenading song from you. So I'll, I'll gift you one more um, courtesy of Joyce. <laughs> but this can't be like a daily thing or everybody's just going to start calling and complaining and it's going to be in a whole thing. People angry, mad at me for some reason. I don't know what I did. It's not my show. It's your show. But I agree. I did enjoy it. Hey, it's Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. Um, I just wanted to weigh in on the Bucky's versus Sleep Farm conversation. Uh, I've been to both. Uh, Bucky's oh, oh, yeah, Bucky's. is amazing. Right. Um, it is just like a little bit of everything uh, at a truck stop, basically. That's, that's like a truck stop. So Got it. it's like the coolest truck stop you've ever been to because you expect to just like have your standard array of snacks and whatnot. And instead you get a fun character and a ton of other things to like look at. So when you're on the road, Fair enough. nice to like be like, whoa, what's all this? You know, and think yeah. you're finding something special. And it is special. Sleep Farm is like Home Depot, kind of, but also with, like, a local, like, regional flair. So it does have, like, the Home Depot-y stuff, not not quite as, you know, in large capacities and whatnot, but the same categories of things. But then it's also got, like, other things you would stumble upon that you wouldn't expect. So in that sense, there is an overlap, I'd say, in the Venn diagram of, yeah. of uh, you know, stores. There is an overlap with Bucky's and Sleep Farm. Uh, you know, kind of like uh, spiritually, but sure. uh, you know, they're pretty different, pretty different categories. Uh, I just wanted to throw out another one. I don't know if you've ever been up to the UP, but no. uh, in Stevenson, <clears throat> Michigan, there's a place called uh, uh, Shooties, oh, which nice. is whew, it's like where retail goes to die. <laughs> like it is the most random array of stuff. They get stuff from Target that doesn't sell, but also like expired food nice. and like misprinted t-shirts and so if you're ever in uh in the up in the up go to shooties s-c-h-u-e-t-t-e-s i believe uh it is it's like you've gone crossed into another dimension sounds amazing and and you could just spend hours there looking at everything from you know keurig machines to expired pickled artichokes uh whatever you want uh not that you want either of those things necessarily but there's something for everybody at Shooties. Jimmy out. And now that I, I, you just reminded me of something, there was like that something like that. I think it was in New Berlin. It might have been 
somewhere near there. I don't know where my grandma's office was. But anyways, um, it was basically a thrift store, but it was just, I don't know. It was across the street from where their office was. All that stuff got tore down. They got like a Starbucks there now and stuff. But um, yeah, what the heck was it? I just remember like I went in there like one time to get like, I don't even remember what the heck it was, but it was the same kind of thing, right? If you're just looking for like random, super cheap crap, they've got a, it was a pretty big store with just a ton of random stuff. It was essentially a thrift store, but it just seemed different. And it wasn't like a chain one. It was like a regional big store with random crap in it. I forgot about that until just now when you reminded me. Hey, Ryan. Uh, today is Saturday, the day before Father's Oh, day. don't give the date. People don't need to know how far behind we are. Garrett, come on. Uh, hoping getting there by, uh, just the well wishes of a uh, happy Father's Day to all those fathers out there. And, uh, hopefully you guys, uh, get something better than, uh, ties, socks, and underwear. <laughs> um, I asked for a Packernet t-shirt a couple weeks ago, and, uh, it turns out my wife only heard half of what I said to her and it turns out she she did give me something packer related she got me a hoodie uh from a pro shop because she's a, a thrifty kind of person yeah so she went to their pro shop and found <laughs> all the stuff that's on sale yeah. that's out of season so she bought me a hoodie but not who buys a hoodie with no sleeves on it huh. I opened it up prematurely not knowing what it was because I wasn't paying attention it's a hoodie with no sleeves on it. Uh, can someone explain to me why you would have a hoodie with no sleeves on it? Ryan, please help me out here. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wear it because it's Green Bay Packer stuff. It just, uh, it just, it's, it's a little foreign to me. I'm, I'm old school. Um, not quite sure what I'm going to do with it. Um, but uh, I wanted to throw in my two cents on a couple things real quick. I am all for the bandana. Yeah. Prison Mike, Packernet, uh, bandanas would look awesome on yeah, everybody. Dude. So I am definitely all in for that. And uh, real quickly, I wanted to see what you thought about uh, the tight ends going and, and practicing that tight end U for uh, Kelsey and uh, Kittle's uh, tight end U place. So just want to see what you thought. I'm out. Well, I'm sorry about the uh, Father's Day. You got socks and a hoodie that you didn't ask for and don't know what to do with. And you, of course, didn't get your Packernet shirt, which is disappointing. But um, I think I understand it from a standpoint of she probably heard you say it and then thought, I don't know what that is or how to even go about getting that, but I'll just get him a Packers thing from the pro shop and he'll get over it. And then she found something on sale, like you said, and thought that it looked cool and looked stylish because that's what she cares about. You know, you want, like, something very Packersy and and, you know, like, if, if I want a Packers thing, I just want it to be Packers, and I want it to be comfortable and something that I want to wear during a Packers game. She's like, how can I make my man look good? So she saw, saw something that looked, like, stylish and thought that would be great. So just different wavelengths there. Um, as for the tight ends, I think that was your last question. I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't have any super deep thoughts about it. I, I'm glad that they're both going. Again, it's it's just a baseline level of effort. If you get invited to go learn from the best tight ends in the NFL, I expect you to say yes and go. So I'm glad that they got invited. I'm glad that they said, heck yes, I'm coming. And I'm glad, you know, every little bit that you can do to get better at your craft, go do it, Tucker Craft. <laughs> and um, honestly, that's really just all I can ask, man. 
I mean, some guys, they put in everything they got, and it's just it's never going to be enough. But that's, that's all you can do is just give maximum effort. And then we'll find out if you've got it or not. But if you're not putting in the effort, that's, that's the only thing that you can do that's going to make me just think, I, I don't understand. I mean, you, you freaking put in everything you've got to get to this point and then, then stop. This, this is the part where you hit the gas if you've got, you got anything left. If you've got another gear, now is when you hit it. I don't understand this whole, I'm going to go back to my room and play video games thing. Bro, you can retire at 32 and play video games for the rest of your freaking life. Throw that Xbox in the freaking garbage and learn to play football. Hey, Ryan, this is Zach from Marshfield. What up? And uh, for some reason last night, I was just drinking a little too much, and that little purple call-in number was just begging me to push it. <laughs> but anywho, my question for you today is, what has Justin Fields' do-or-die drives look like over the last couple of seasons? And if he hasn't developed the clutch gene yet, what makes Bears fans think that this surrounding cast is going to bring it out of him this year? All righty. Thanks, Ryan. I didn't fully understand the first part of the question, but um, as far as what gives them hope, I'm I'm really uh, I, I think I think it's again a lot of these things are very shallow, and so I think the shallow interpretation of Justin Fields is we know that he has unbelievably rare upside, and we are we are we have the trump card, the ability to blame all of the passing flaws on wide receivers and offensive line. And so, essentially, we have got the most unique, unicorn, freakish guy in the history of the world as far as his legs, not including, you know, Lamar and Anthony Richardson now and uh, whatever. And we also have every reason to believe, which uh, this is the part that I really don't get, but they, they believe they went from, like, worst offensive line and worst receiving group to like the best and and it's so I, i've got clips queued up we'll do this maybe uh not tomorrow tomorrow's a, a colin coward rant so you're welcome and then maybe the next day we'll we'll skip the uh thing again and, and dive into this a little bit i don't know um but but there's this belief that they they just start listing names as though it means something like dude they, they they're hyping up tunyon like you wouldn't believe what in the world has tunyon ever done tunyon tunyon I've heard them bring up, like, Equinemius, and, like, they just go down the line, Cole Komet. You're just saying names. It's the exact same football team. You added one wide receiver. Tunyon doesn't count for anything. You added one wide receiver who is a top 35 receiver via PFF. You added one guard, and again, we'll go over this in a little bit. The guy is actually terrible. It's funny because I've been telling Bears fans for a while, you actually have a pretty good offensive line, and they fought me to the death, and they actually got me to back down because they're like, well, look at true pass sets. You look at their overall grade, fine, but if you look at their true pass sets, and it's funny, they're all PFF haters, but apparently somebody taught them to say true pass sets, so now they all know. Check their true pass sets, then you'll see. And sure enough, they're, they're garbage when you're looking at true pass sets. Now there's a argument about whether that's the better thing to look at or not with a guy like Justin Fields. Save that for another day. But I was like, all right, fair enough. So your offensive line does suck. Let's check Nate Davis. You check his true pass sets. The guy is horse crap. He's terrible. So you got three of the same guys from left tackle, left guard, and center. You added a guy that you paid a ton of money to play guard. He's dog crap. And then you have a rookie playing right tackle. And suddenly Justin Fields is going to break out because you added a crap guard a rookie tackle, and a, a you know, mid-to-low-end number one wide receiver. 
So it was so unbelievably bad that nobody on planet Earth could have thrived in that situation. We added almost nothing, and suddenly he has got this great... I, I mean, by all means, I should just let them have it, because they're the ones setting the expectations sky high. They're the ones saying Justin Fields basically has to break out now. But anyways, that's the reason. And then they just they just go back to college. Well, I mean, we've seen him do it. We've seen him make all the throws. So that's what you know we can do. We know he can do it, right? And I've seen not just Bears fans, but commentators talk about that. We know he can do it. He just needs he just needs help, dude. That's not how it works. Mac Jones was elite in college. Why is nobody saying, dude? We know he can do it. He just needs more more talent, more help. They don't have any wide receivers. Why isn't anybody saying, dude? Get Mac Jones some help, and he's going to tear it up. Did you see what he did at Alabama? The guy was a stud, and he was, by the way. He was a better quarterback than Justin Fields. Those are like the top two guys that came out that year, as far as like PFF and the stats and all that kind of stuff. Those two guys were out of control. But why don't we say that about Mac Jones? Everyone just wrote him off, even though he's been better than Justin Fields. Because just because you were a good college quarterback doesn't make you great. Ohio State should have taught us that by now. And look, I'll, I'll fully acknowledge that it's entirely possible. I, I said this before, Trubisky scared the crap out of me every year. As a rookie, I was like, oh no, please don't be good. And he was crap. And I made fun of him, and I just tore them up. And then when we got closer to the season, it's like, oh, crap, please don't break out year two. And he was garbage again. And I ragged on This guy's trying to, year three, I had a panic attack. I don't know how many years he was there, three or four. Every year I freaked out, dude, what if? It's the same thing with Justin. Oh, please don't be good. He was horrible. And then year two, oh, please don't be good. And he was terrible. And year three, I'm saying it again. Oh, man, I hope he doesn't break out. And he might, and I am worried about it. Of course I am. Why wouldn't you be? But all the evidence that we have does not point in a positive direction, including... If you are blaming the offensive line and wide receiver situation, you still kind of can. It's the same guys. 90% and almost everybody you added is garbage with the exception of maybe a rookie, but probably not because he's a rookie. So even if he's good, he might not be good year one. And that's a big if. And then a good wide receiver. Wow, that's a mix. Congratulations, boys. You go get it. I just hope, if nothing else, our defense is on point. You know what I mean? Like, I really want to win that game. But if we're destined to lose, I hope we lose 3-6 to six and Justin Fields throws 10 interceptions. Because screw that guy. All right? Hey, y'all. Ryan, what's hey. up? This is Dakota, that nerd in Tennessee. What's going on? I am calling because I just heard JJ's call about uh, how he hates breakfast food. And um, then, you know, I'm into, I'm, I'm well into the reply that you have given to this. Uh, and just heard the fact that you said, you know, why? What's the problem with eating cheeseburger for breakfast when yeah. you're just having cake for breakfast? Which is, I assume, is essentially a pancake or a um, French toast or something like that. Pop tart. Here is my take on the food. <laughs> so I'm kind of with y'all on the part of what's the point of eating pancakes and. And, 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 and French toast, right? Like strawberry French toast with some little crushed up, you know, sauce made from strawberries. Like that sounds actually pretty good. But when you are waking up in the morning and you plan on eating something that's going to start your day, no, I don't want sugar and bread because I'm out here working in the woods, cutting down, well, not cutting down, chopping Fallen trees and doing heavy work in the yeah, woods. Yeah. There's a bunch of mosquitoes and it's real hot. And I got to wear this, you know, bulletproof vest. It's like 35 pounds. And it's just, it's too much 
So I need something that's going to fill me up a little bit more and keep me going a little bit longer right. than simple sugars. And some protein. Also, I can't eat a cheeseburger because though carbs are, you know, something that can help you go further, and then, of course, you got the protein, it's going to weigh you down. You're out there, you're working. It's That is some heavy stuff on your stomach you got to work through, man, and then you're not as light and airy and as mobile as you need to be when you're doing stuff like that. So that's my view on eating things like cheeseburgers and pizza for breakfast. Not that I haven't eaten, a, you know, pizza for breakfast in the past, especially in college, man. You can't be picky in college. You ain't got money right. <laughs> or food in some cases. But, um, no, it's that scrambler, right, that J.J. was talking about. You got some eggs in there, maybe a little bit of rice, right? Get your carbs in there. Get some... Get some protein, yep. but not very heavy. Um, I, I tend to like sausage. Um, you know, get you some potatoes, more starch and carbs, I guess. Ooh, potatoes. Ooh, now I can do some stuff with potatoes. Anyway, that, that's my take on why not to eat heavy things like pizza and burgers for breakfast. You need, you need to give yourself the perfect meal for breakfast. Eat pizza and burgers for supper, man. That, that's you're done with the day. You're going to weigh yourself down. You want to sit on the couch. It's better if you weigh yourself down before you sit on the couch, right? You know? It's... Anyway, all right. I've gone too long. Peace out. Yeah, and maybe that is sort of like a tradition for that reason, although, I mean, farmers, you ever seen a farmer's breakfast? It's pretty massive, and then they go out and do like 15 hours of manual labor, so I don't know if they really ascribe to the whole weighed down thing. Granted, it was eggs and stuff, but um, I don't know. I, I don't know that I've experienced that. I'm trying to think. I mean, I did landscaping for a long time. I, I I can't I can't remember waking up and eating a cheeseburger, but I certainly don't think I would have been opposed to it. I was I was kind of a little bit more into fitness back when I was doing uh, landscaping, so I probably did have a more weighed out, measured out thing. Bring like eggs to work and stuff, hard boiled, just stinking. <laughs> and I don't mean the eggs, but yeah, I mean most people aren't doing physical manual labor these days. So maybe it is more just based on tradition, and that's also why like traditional breakfasts have turned into cereal and sugary nonsense, because you don't need anything really to fuel your day anymore, you know? You go and do, sit at a friggin' desk, so you spike your sugars and wake up in the morning with your coffee and your bowl of sugar, and your bowl of enriched flour, and then at uh, 10, 11 o'clock you crash, because you've had nothing but caffeine and sugar, and then you eat whatever for lunch get a little bit of a pick-me-up, and then crash even harder when you get home. But I, I know for me it's not an issue. I can wake up and slam pizza, and it doesn't matter. Now, would I want to do that and go to the gym? No, but I wouldn't eat like a bowl of cereal before the gym either, or eggs and toast. Because no matter what I eat, I'm going to feel sick when I go to the gym. I don't really want to eat a lot of food no matter what it is. So if I'm going to have something, it might be like a protein shake or something. Something very light. But other than that, I don't care. I don't know. Maybe I just don't notice. Maybe I just don't pay close enough attention. I feel like garbage and don't even contemplate, like, well, maybe it's because you ate something you shouldn't have. I don't know. I just think it's one of those things that happens in life. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just... If uh, if you can't do it, then I guess you can't do it. It's, it, it doesn't weigh me down. And I, I genuinely think, like you said about like getting good food, a cheeseburger is probably significantly better than what a lot of people eat for breakfast. You know, when you're talking long-lasting energy... Carbs are the shortest, right? You get the fast spike, but it ends soon. Then you got protein. Then you got fat that lasts the longest. So it's actually a good idea to get some good fat in your diet, too. I think the worst thing you could do is, like, get a bowl of oatmeal or a bowl of cereal 
or Pop-Tart or most of the carby, sugary nonsense that people eat for breakfast. Because I've done that. I I don't know why. I, I've, I don't know if it's something I should talk to somebody about or what, but <laughs> I've probably got diabetes or something. I don't know. If I eat like... I, I used to eat oatmeal for breakfast and it was once in a while a big problem. If I just had oatmeal and coffee, I would start getting shaky. If I eat nothing but like sugar and carbs and caffeine. I'm not talking immediately. I mean like it's almost like a withdrawal thing. After a couple hours, I'm very hungry and I feel weak and I start shaking. It's 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 not great. So I'm I'm way better off slamming a cheeseburger in the morning and getting a cup of coffee and heading out. Or, you know, again, eggs and potatoes and stuff would also be fantastic. Ryan What's up, my friend? Hey, man, I just thought about it. We should probably take a break because it's getting kind of late. We'll uh, take a quick break. We'll come right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Kyle from Madison, take it away. Kyle from Madison. What up? So, something that we just don't hear an awful lot about, and I I was just thinking about it the other day, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. So, remember the trade deadline last year, and Packers Twitter was, you know, being its usual calm and calculated self. No, actually, they were in hysterics because we needed to trade for a wide receiver. Yeah. And recall that the Journal Sentinel, I believe Schefter, I think it was multiple sources. Correct me if I'm wrong, but many people reported that the Packers offered the Steelers a second-round pick, and then I think it was like a late sixth or seventh-round pick conditional for Chase Claypool. Yeah. And the Bears snuck in and offered their pick, and just looking at, you know, I'm sure, I mean, the, the Steelers didn't take a genius to for them to realize which pick they wanted, and it ended up being the 32nd overall pick for Claypool. Right. But, it, you know, we haven't really talked about it. I haven't heard much about it. 
maybe people will talk about it between now and when this plays, but uh, it's a really interesting thing. And thank God, Bears fans and the Bears, I just want to thank you very much for doing that. Yeah, no kidding. Because I would have been really upset at the time, and I would have been even more upset now. Yeah, could you imagine if Claypool was on the team right now? What a complete waste. And what if we wouldn't have gotten Jaden Reed because of it or something? I mean, I can't imagine that. But, I mean, he would have just been like another Lazard or another guy that it's like, what? What? Now, what do we do with you? Because we're probably going to play you because you're a veteran and because you have more experience, but you're you're not as good as, like, Jaden Reed's going to be, so you're just going to take snaps away from people that are better than you. And let's face it, the guy's just not very good. That's not to say that he doesn't have talent and athleticism and all this stuff. I mean, he was drafted where he was drafted for a reason. He gets, you know... Big trade compensation for a reason. I mean, he's got some upside, and I think he showed it as a rookie was, I think, his best year. Uh, so everybody's looking for that big breakout or whatever. But I, I just, yeah, I'm glad that we didn't pull the trigger because it's just, again, it's another guy. You just go, I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, I, it's nice to have another body. I just don't want these ultra-mid-expensive people taking snaps away from our younger guys. I'm just not interested in that to think we would have given a, you know, one of our second round picks. Yeah, especially. Or I mean, considering especially how I feel personally, the draft went really well, especially in the second round. I mean, you, that would have cost us Reed. Or- Actually, it would have been Reed because I think we acquired Musgrave in that trade, right? I think. So we would have lost the Reed pick. So we would add Musgrave in that. So we wouldn't have had Reed. So we would have lost Reed. Of, oh, jeez. Or Musgrave. In that scenario, so it would have been a disaster. Yeah. And it's just weird to me because it does and, and again, and maybe you're just about to say this, but this is why this is the opportunity cost that nobody else sees. This is why people like me generally are opposed to this when I think a large portion of the fan base is you need to do it, you need to take the swings, you need to go out and get it. And they would have celebrated the Chase Claypool thing to the hilt, but this is what you 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 miss. Number one, just because you go out and do something doesn't mean you fixed anything. You didn't do anything. You, you're wasting money. You're wasting draft capital. And for what? And Chase Claypool was bad. And he would not have been good on the Packers this past year. Um, and and, and the, again, there, there is an opportunity cost that would have been lost with Jaden Reed. We wouldn't have him on the team right now. But nobody would have seen that, so there's nothing that anybody could complain about. Other than to just say we would have had another player, we could have had maybe this, that, or the other, blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't have as much impact. So seeing the actual cost of Jaden Reed really puts a finer point on it for me as far as we can't just be so flippant every flipping year about all this. We got to go do it. You got to do it. You know, it's that whole uh, everybody posts that stupid meme. I forget what it is, but it's something like, you know, w- would you like uh, $1,000 or the mystery box? And he's like, "Mystery $1,000 would be great, but a mystery box could be anything. It could even be $1,000. And the whole point is, you know, a bird in a hand. And, and not even necessarily that. It's, it's why use a draft pick for a maybe when you've got a guarantee right here. The problem is it's not a guarantee. It's not. Doesn't seem in keeping with how Gutekinds typically operate. It seems more reactionary and... I, I would love to know what was going on there because it just, to me, it doesn't look like something normally that he would have done. Yeah. Like, was there external pressure? I don't know. All right. So I'd like your thoughts on that. Second, I'll go on the record right now with prediction time. Well, all right. First of all, 
we've been through this with the Bears, and it's kind of funny. And and there have been um, times, and I, th- it's not impossible that this is the same thing, where the Packers drive up the price on the Bears. Because we've seen it numerous times where the Bears have sniped the Packers. And maybe the Packer, the, the Bears just keep sniping from them, I don't know. But Allen Robinson, there was rumors the Packers are in on him and the Bears got him. Uh, Khalil Mack, we heard that the Packers made an offer and the Bears went over the top. And now Chase Claypool. And so, again, I don't know, but it's entirely possible that this is an effort to kind of drive up the price. For example, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you could just talk to Brian Gutekunst and say, hey, can I use your name in this negotiation and just say the Packers offered us this? And then all the Packers would have to do is say yes. Because there is no offer. The Packers aren't going to give you anything. It's just a matter of trying to drive the price up. Hey, the Packers offered us this. If you offer us, if you match it, give us a second round pick because we think yours is going to be higher, no offense. But if you match what the Packers offered us, we'll give them to you. Otherwise, he goes to the Packers. It's entirely possible the Packers just rent out their name to drive up the price on the Bears for every freaking negotiation. Now, that's maybe not the most likely scenario, but again, this has happened numerous times. And and in several instances, we've heard the Packers have had the higher. I think the Khalil Mack thing, the Packers offer was higher. And even the from what you're saying, anyways, it sounds like the uh, Chase Claypool one would have been higher. So it's, it's a little suspect that it didn't go to the Packers. Maybe it's because there wasn't a real offer in, in place. I'm just saying. Um, it is possible, though. We we know that they've made phone calls. We know, or at least we believe, that they tried to make an offer over to Odell Beckham. How serious of an offer, I don't know. But, you know, I, I think it it makes sense from the standpoint of clearly they were an all-in team. You know, they were, they were trying to run it back, and it was a disaster, and, and the wide receiver group seemed to be part of that disaster, and so they, they took a big swing and tried to get Claypool, who's... You know, a young guy with some upside, and they thought maybe we can plug him in with Rodgers and kind of get some thing going here. I don't really know. And so you say it's kind of a panic thing, and yeah, I think it was kind of a panic thing. I think everything about the Packers was panic. You look at the way they dealt with contracts, very unusual and out of character. You look at even the Aaron Rodgers contract, and the way they dealt with that was unusual. But, you know, they saw an MVP quarterback in a window that's very much closing in their face, and they need to try to swing as hard as they can. And so Chase Claypool, I think, was a part of that. That's that's the more realistic guess. But as you said, uh, much, much better. And can you imagine how many young, talented people we wouldn't have if fans were in charge of everything? Like, I guarantee you Lucas Van Ness wouldn't be on the team. We would have given away a first-round pick for somebody. And we absolutely would have given up a second for Chase Claypool. So we wouldn't have Jaden Reed. I mean, this team would be full of old, expensive, really mid-to-garbage players, and we would have none of the young talent that we have. We would have Odell Beckham locked up for 10 years. (laughs) Um, my head tells me the Packers are an 11-win team, okay. which means I'll go with 10 wins. You want to put that down? Kyle from Madison, okay. 10 wins yep. in 2023. Let's do it. Let's do that. That's I a good idea. I think they've got some division splits against the, the Lions and the Vikings. I think they sweep the Bears. Um, I've got that Giants game for some reason. That just feels like a coin flip game to me. Um I think they probably drop a game they shouldn't, and they probably surprise a team like the Chargers or the Chiefs or something along the way. So there you go. Book it. Everybody have a great day. Thanks, Ryan. So I like that. So I've, I've got in my sh- same sheet now, we've got the truther and denier, and then on sheet two we've got uh, how many wins the Packers will have. Kyle from Madison says 10. Um, my thought on the Packers is I, I can't give necessarily a prediction. I mean, I, I can, 
and I, I guess if I think about it, I'll try to come up with something. But I just, it's it's just a, I'm throwing a dart at a dartboard. I, I mean, it's just a completely made up guess because in order to to be able to answer it, I would need to have more concrete information, right? I was thinking about this earlier today because, you know, I saw somebody, a Packer fan, saying something similar. You know, Packers are going to win, or the Packers are absolutely going to the playoffs. And then a Bears fan was like, you're an idiot, they're a six-win team. I think both of those guys were being dumb. Nobody could possibly know. Now, I think if you were to say, who are the playoff teams? Are the Packers in that list? I'm going to say no, not because they can't. But when you look at a team and you say, that's definitely a playoff team, it's because you look at the pieces and you say, based on those pieces and based on what I've seen, there's every reason to believe that they will be. The Chiefs and the Bengals and the Bills, every reason. The Jets, I'm saying no. Now, again, do they have the pieces? Yes, but I don't have enough information. I don't know what the defense is going to do. I don't know how bad that offensive line is going to be. I don't know how Aaron Rodgers is going to perform or Lazard and Randall Cobb and how that whole dynamic is going to go. They have a new offensive coordinator who was a play caller in Denver and was a freaking disaster. Remember, he was not a play caller in Green Bay. He went to Denver, became the play caller, was a freaking disaster. Right, The worst version of Russell Wilson the world has ever seen and maybe will ever see. He goes to be the play caller for the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. So I'm not calling them a playoff team in terms of there's every reason to believe. But, I mean, look, they got a low floor and a high ceiling. If you, if you think they're going to win six games, okay. All, I mean, really all that does is kind of give me an idea of how you think things are going to pan out, right? You're looking at 10-11 wins. You think Jordan Love is going to surprise some people, and you probably think the defense is going to be pretty good this year. How do I know? Because you told me they're probably going to win 11 or 10 games. If somebody says they're going to win five games, then I'm guessing you think Jordan Love is going to be terrible and the defense is not going to get better, probably because of Joe Barry. I'm a mind reader. But I I don't know the answers to those questions, and so it's hard for me. That's why I did that whole episode before. I know you're not asking me to do it, but I'm just saying. That's why I did the whole episode before of look at the difference between what happens when we have a great defense and a great quarterback compared to one or the other or neither. And the difference was basically we don't lose any games and we lose all our games. I mean, really, it's, it's, it's that easy. So, I mean, if you, if you were to pin me down, I think the defense will be better than last year. I think basic regression to the mean would say that. I think the fact that, you know, we're going to get Rashawn back, and I think Lucas Van Ness, and I think the defensive line, I think the corners, I think a lot of these things improve. Do I think we get to see that elite top three defense? I don't. It's possible, but again, just playing the odds here, probably not. I'm hoping they're top 10. If I had to put a number on it, like eight or nine, maybe. And, uh, you know, again, I mean, this is just me trying to play mathematical here, but where's Jordan Love? Probably somewhere in the middle. I think he'll be upper middle. I mean, I genuinely do believe in Jordan Love, but I also think he's going to struggle. I mean, most quarterbacks do, but I don't think he's going to Zach Wilson struggle. And I think he's going to surprise some people. I think you're going to see maybe a, uh, let's say a 2021 Jalen Hurts. I think he had like a 72 PFF grade or something. I think it'll be something like that. And so what will that materialize into? I mean, probably... I think it'll be kind of similar to last year in terms of, like, we got a shot at getting in. I mean, as soon as you said 10 wins, I was thinking, eh, I wouldn't go that high. But I'm, I'm kind of right there. I mean, I'm thinking 8-ish, 9-ish. But, I mean, if you're top 10 defense and a good quarterback, you're going to win. You're, I mean, you're as better than what the Packers were last year, significantly. So we should be talking in that playoff range, which is a minimum of 9, probably closer to 10 or even 11. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that's not how I feel, but then when I think about it, that's kind of how I feel. I don't know. I just want to beat the Bears, man. That's all I'm focused on right now. Week one, beat the Bears. I don't care how you got to do it. Win with defense, win with offense, win with special teams. I do not care. Just find a way to win and make it like, you know. But anyways, yeah, give me a call. Are you a denier? 
And how many wins do you think the Packers are going to have? I will save it on my uh, spreadsheet here. Nothing super official, but there you go. Ryan, hi, Jeff from Minneapolis. Hi. A.K.A. Satan's Country. Um, hey, I wanted to call in. I, I Boy, I thought you nailed it with a couple things. One is I uh, have the same experience as you with the the smoker. I can't get that sear on that meat. I've actually turned to taking a skillet and just yep. uh, getting that crust on that steak by using that with butter and olive oil, just searing it on there, and then toss it in the oven. After that, I've gotten away from the smoker because of that. My smoker, actually, it's a Z-Grills smoker, by the way, but okay. it it says that it can get up to 450 degrees. I just haven't found that to be the case. I mean, when I'm when I'm looking at it and I'm seeing what it actually reads, I won't even read out as 450. It will go up to about, I can set it at 450, but it'll go up to about 390, maybe 400. But boy, I'll tell you, I, having used a grill in the past, I don't think it's hitting that actual temperature. I think it's probably still sitting around 350, maybe even 325. So I'm with you 100% on that. Just, yeah, can't get the sear on the meat unless I use the old conventional skillet with the butter and the olive oil. Uh, with you also, 100% on the running back situation, I, I suspect that Boot Nichols is going to the practice squad for sure. I, I did read that he's struggling catching the ball, so that's obviously not good. Uh, and you nailed it with Tyler Goodson. I mean, the only concern I have is the pass blocking, right? They, I think Jordan Love's going to see a lot of blitzes next year being new, and if Goodson's on the field and he's in the backfield expected to pick up that blitz, he's got blitz protection. I yeah. Hope he sees it, and I hope he's able to having that smaller frame. And I'm a running played running back myself. I hope he's able to take on that linebacker or that safety or whoever the sending that corner, um, because it's uh, it's obviously uh, a concern if you can't pass protect. But boy, when Aaron Jones is talking about you and complimenting you for the player that you are, uh, that's uh, that's pretty high praise. In fact. Goodson, in many ways, reminds me of Aaron Jones, size-wise and vision, explosiveness, ability to catch the football, those kind of things. I'm not calling him Aaron Jones, obviously, but the similarities do seem to be there. Uh, I'm thinking you're going to cover this, but I wanted to bring up the the Yahoo report. Actually, it was like Green Bay Packer. Was, I think it was the Green Bay Packer Gazette, and then Yahoo posted the report on Justin Jones uh, when he had made those comments about Packers fans being... Uh, I don't know what the word he used was, stupid, idiots, I can't remember, but unintelligent. And as it turns out, Packer fans, based on this report that they had done through, I believe, a gambling site, but it was... We lose you? All right. Jeff's calling back. Ryan, Jeff, Minneapolis. Sorry, I'm rambling on. I'll wrap this up. But it's a, it was a gambling site, and anyways, long story short, the Packers were... I think the fifth most intelligent fans and the Bears were like the 29th or 30th Ew. least intelligent fans. So I just thought that was hilarious <laughs> that <laughs> when you look into it, the Bears fans are actually... By the way, if you or anybody else finds that, you have to send that to me. Because Bears fans are so excited that this absolute nobody defensive tackle who's pissy about the fact that he got stomped on twice by the Green Bay Packers and probably heard about it from the Packers fans, decided to call the fan base basically low-IQ fans 
Um, obviously, he's just shooting from the hip, spouting off nonsense. But if anybody can find that, I don't care if I get 100 messages, send it to me 100 times, and I will post it 100 times on social media um, because I definitely need to see that. Three idiots, as we would suspect. Um, and then also just one more thing. Oh, I'm so pumped about the speed of this football team. Yeah. Uh, everyone wants to focus on, oh, we're young, we're, you know, the youth and this and that. Well, I'll tell you what, you got Watson, you got Dobbs can get deep, he can get past people. Um, Musgrave sounds like he's killing it through All the right. seam, just running past linebackers. I mean, no one can get the depth to cover him. Right. I, this team has some amazing speed. Jaden Reed, Aaron Jones. I, offensively, I, I think we've turned into a very uh, dynamic team in terms of speed. And uh, I don't know. I just, I'm excited about that. Maybe you can comment on that. Thanks, Ryan. Oh, one more thing. I tried oh, no. to uh, contribute to you. Um, I need to have the phone number, though. I, I think I used the last four digits of this number to verify through Venmo, and that was not the correct number. So if you can just post that number or give that number or state that number, that'd be great. Thanks so much. Appreciate you. Yeah, I can text you. I don't think you need that. I think it. I think you can kind of skip that. I've had that happen before where it's like verify with the last four digits of their phone number. And it's not actually necessary, but uh, let me just... It's kind of late. Maybe I'll wait. I'll try to remember tomorrow to text you. I'll probably forget. Um, I don't really want to say it over here, but you know. All right, let me see if I can remember everything you said. So the speed has absolutely got me excited, and and I, I think the NFL is going that way. I remember we were talking about that quite a bit. Somebody had sent me something about... Hyatt on Twitter, and I started getting excited about, you know, mimicking what Miami's doing with all the speed on the field and how difficult it is to, you know, keep track of all these guys. I think a lot of teams are kind of going, seemingly starting to go in that direction. And even though we didn't get Hyatt, we got, you know, a blazing fast tight end and Jaden Reed, who's really fast. And we've got one of the fastest receivers in the game in Christian Watson. Dobbs is, is a relatively fast guy, and the fact that he's not even seen as a speed threat on this team is, is fantastic. Um, yeah, running backs, I mean, you were agreeing with me, so I guess I agree with you, but I, I feel like it's one of those conversations that you only have, or at least certainly hope you only have in the off season, you know, because regular season, it's Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, and hopefully AJ Dillon, you know, makes some serious strides and can prove to be that guy that can hold it down if and when Aaron Jones actually leaves the team. And hopefully we don't have to worry about anything else. The heck else did you say? <laughs> Can't recall, man. I'm sorry. I should have paused it. I just kept thinking I can remember this, and then there was like a second one, a third one, fourth one, fifth one. But anyways, I do got to wrap this up because it's getting late, and I got to get this uploaded. So have a good rest of your night, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye.